0: So you wanna make the jump from full-time graphic designer working a full-time job in a marketing agency, an in-house design job department, whatever it might be, publishing. There's a myriad of things that you could be doing as a full-time graphic designer looking to transition to a freelance full-time on your own position. Now, I have worked in multiple different areas of graphic design throughout the decade, well, more than a decade now that I've been a graphic designer. I've worked in marketing, advertising, consulting, I've worked in publishing, in an in-house design department, kind of a little bit of everything, and also a full-time freelancer running my own business. So what I'm here to do is kind of talk you through that transition and what it takes to go from full-time job To freelancer because for a lot of designers that's the goal Uh, i have a facebook group called the design brief and so many people come into that group and ask me ben i've been working in a design job full time and i want to make the jump from design job to freelance i don't know where to get clients i don't know what steps to take so what can i do in order to get to that goal and that's why this video is here i want to talk you through that process your current circumstances may vary, but what I see for the most part is graphic designers working in agency jobs, in-house design jobs, marketing, whatever it might be, and they do some freelance work on the side. So it might be for friends, family, friends of friends, and they make a little bit on the side. You know, it's enough to go out and buy that new pair of Supremes like Gary V talks about, you know, but it's nothing that you would consider sustainable. You know, it doesn't look like a long-term Road to a good career, but then you're working your agency job, and you know, you catch wind of how much your agency is charging for what you're doing, and you see how much you get paid, and you see this pretty massive gap between what you're making and what the agency is making. And you think, Well, I could do that, and that's where the gears start turning, that's where you start to see, Okay. I want to capture that big prize. I don't want to just make this anymore. I want that. And so that's usually where designers end up with the question, okay, how do I get to that point? What most designers don't actively consider and what most agencies have in order to charge as much as they do is three things. And that is experience, exposure, and reputation. And it's in that specific order. You want to understand it. So the first thing we're going to look at is experience, and at the inception of a company, if you go and study the company that you're working for, you'll find that in the beginning, they had nothing. They had no experience, they had nothing to show for it, and they had nothing to claim the services that they offered. And so that's where I find most designers are at. They say, okay, what do you mean? As a designer, I have experience. That's why I'm working here at this agency. Yes, but when's the last time that you've dusted off your portfolio, really revised it, and gave it a good look to see if you are up to par with what is offered in the design industry outside of your job? So according to the design industry and according to what you're putting out there, you have no experience. And so this is where I find most designers are. Their portfolio, their resume, whatever it might be, is sitting on a desk somewhere collecting dust. And so they're not out there. They're not in front of the world ready to be presented, ready to get that next job, ready to start fostering more freelance clients. And so the question is, when's the last time you've curated your work on Behance or really put some good effort into your Instagram feed to start to show what you're doing? And if you look back at those companies' histories, whenever they did a piece of work, they got it out there. So maybe it was different when they first started. Maybe they were in magazines. Maybe they would go in newspapers and promote their services, whatever it might be a few decades ago. But for now, that would be social media. That would be Behance. That would be your blog. And so that's what they would have done. They would have done work, put it in their resume in their portfolio, and put it out there for other people to see what they're doing and to start to foster more clients. Obvious stuff, but something that a lot of people don't consider when making that jump from full-time work to freelance. So exposure, again, is that something that you're actively doing or is it something that's collecting dust on a desk somewhere? Are you using 80% of your effort to dive into a social media platform where you know that target market that you're looking to promote to is? And then 20% of your effort on another platform where you find that the client you're looking for is relevantly available, but maybe you don't want to put all your effort the one of those platforms. You want to master one platform and be available on the other platforms in case some of those other platforms pop. Now, this is something I talk about in the Design Business Kit, which is the product that I've created in order to help graphic designers really lock in the business structure of their graphic design business, whether becoming freelancers or full-time business owners. So talk more about that later, but if you're curious about that, you can check it out in the description below. I definitely recommend that for you. So basically, if you're spending 80% of your time on one of these platforms, whether that be YouTube, Instagram, Behance, LinkedIn, then you want to take the other 20% of your time and repurpose your content and distribute it across the other relevant platforms. That's how you gain exposure in multiple places without over-consuming yourself and obsessing with every single platform. You want to master one and be present on the others. Exposure is the raft that takes you from one side of the river to the other. So let's say that you work an eight-hour day. That's what most designers work. Work 40 hours a week, eight hours a day. That leaves 16 hours left over. Now you got to take away about seven hours for sleep, two hours for meals, and one hour for leisure. So you have about six hours. And you think, well, gosh, I'm not going to work on my design business six hours a day. Well, maybe you should. Or maybe you should just start small. So set a small goal. So say I'm going to work on my business for one hour a day for the next month can you do that? Is that a great place to get started? So you knock that out. You do it really well for a month. Okay. What about two hours? Okay. What about three hours? Where does it get to the point where it's like, okay, that's a bit too much, but what's that happy medium for you where you can start to put in consistent effort to getting exposure, getting your business out there, getting your services ready to be sold to the clients that you're looking for. So what are you doing with that time? Well, you're creating work that's tailored towards a specific client that you want to attract. You're putting it out on social media and curating your social media presence. You're building a website and creating lead captures to make sure you can capture the clients that are finding your work, you're getting them into your funnel, you're either capturing their email, they're setting up a phone call consultation with you, or they're getting a free offer to learn more about your services and how you are the expert in the area that they want design for. And so these are all the ways that I teach in the Graphic Design Business Kit on how to really structure your business to be long-term sustainable and to grow because you can go out there and find some clients and have a few quick one-off design jobs, but how are you going to create long-term sustainability? And that's really my passion is taking the disorganization that I see a lot of times within graphic design businesses, freelancers, and getting organized, getting a structure to be long-term successful. Alright, so now that you've committed to spending that time on your business, I want you to niche down. This is something that I find a lot of designers don't do, and I think it really kills their ability to ultimately grow into a full-time sustainable business. Niche down. What do I mean by that? Okay, yeah, I'm a logo designer, or I'm a web designer, or I'm a digital marketing designer. Sometimes people aren't even that niche. Sometimes they're just, I'll just, I'll just do graphic design. Whatever you need, I'll do it. Don't fall into that trap. Being Everything to everybody means you're nothing to nobody. And so you wanna make sure you pick a niche. Well, how niche do I need to get, Ben? Well, what you wanna do is, for example, say you're a logo designer. Well, you don't wanna just be a logo designer. You wanna be a logo designer for sustainable agriculture. Or you wanna be a logo designer for specific construction companies or painting companies. And that way, when your social media presence is out there, when you're curating your behance, or you're talking on YouTube about your design services, or you're critiquing logos, whatever it is you do to gain exposure, you wanna be known for that specific niche. So if a painting company comes along and is looking for a painting logo, you are what they find. You are blasting home that specific niche. You're you're producing work, weekly, daily, sketches, anything to get out on social media to then be the go-to guy or gal for that niche. And this is how you really curate your marketing to be very specific And when somebody finds you like, yeah, that's who I need. Look what they do. That's, that's the service I need. And so a lot of times people think, okay, well, I don't want to just turn away business. Well then don't, don't turn away business. Just because you do a painting logo doesn't mean a concrete company's not going to come to you and say, well, they only do painting logos. I'm out of here. If they like your work, they're going to come and they're going to stick with you. And so that's really been uh, the biggest thing that I've seen in my marketing and the marketing of other designers who I've talked with and helped is that they once they got niched down, their business grew. And over time, as you stick to your niche, you're going to develop a reputation for premium services and a premium price. And that is where, again, your business will grow and your income will grow. So if somebody comes along and says, hey, you know, I really want you to do this, but it's outside your niche. well turn it down maybe or say yes or say no. You have the control and you have the power to do so because you are considered the go-to in a specific area. Now that's one of the great things about working a full-time job while you're getting your freelance career off the ground is you have security. So basically I like to call this um the when you're building your raft and you're in the middle of the woods, a wild game can easily come upon you. And so what I found is if you have the right tools in your arsenal, which is your security. So if you get your rifle and a wolf comes out of nowhere and tries to attack you and throw you off the raft that you're building, you can fight back. And so what happens is a lot of times people get themselves in a situation where they can't fight back. They are at the mercy of whatever client comes their way because they've dove in too early and they don't have that security of their full-time job. So they have to say yes to everything. And what happens is they no longer are in control of the curation of their portfolio. And they no longer become that go-to person for a specific niche. They become spread thin. Where if you're at your full-time job, you can have your tools, your defense, and say, no, this is what I do. But I really appreciate your time and your, and your willingness to want to work with me. But that's not my niche. And, and I'm not going to work in that. So you can really curate your specific specialty. And that is gonna do worlds for your marketing and finding those clients that you really wanna work with. All right, now there'll come a time where your freelance work will possibly be making more than your full-time job. And, And here's where you have a really strong decision that you need to make. Either you can quit your job or you can start to contract out your work to other designers. And this is really difficult for some designers because they love that creative control. They love to be in control of what they're doing and the work that's produced. But let me kind of create a little more vision for you in that uh, hiring out of other designers. Let's say you produce a logo for $2,500. That's your you know good logo package. Some people produce them for 200, some people produce them for 10,000, but let's just say you're at 2,500. The next client that comes along, let's say you go ahead and you charge them $3,500. You then go and contact a designer that you like, somebody's work that you've seen and you can trust. You Say, hey, how much will you do this logo for? I have a project I need completed. Can you please do a logo for me? Here's the brief, here's the expectations, et cetera. They'll probably say, what, maybe three to $500, maybe a thousand tops. So, okay, great, so you hire them. You just made $2,500 and you didn't have to design. All you did was be the leeway from the client to the designer, and you made that money in between. I love this because this is something that Chris Doe taught me and I think is an amazing thing. It's something I've implemented and it's been very successful because I can then spend my time finding clients and I can spend my time working on some of the bigger projects that I like and some of these smaller projects I can push off to another designer and still make good money not even having to touch the project, just being that connecting point. And so that's the thing. You're saying, okay, well, how does that work? Well, the designer doesn't have the reputation or the exposure to reach the client and the client doesn't understand how to direct the designer in order to get the result they want and that's where you come in you start to become creative director And that's a really good position to be at. And you become more of a business owner rather than just a freelancer. So that is the ultimate goal is to become a business owner rather than just, uh, like I like to call a design jockey. You know, you're always riding the horse. You're always trying to get the task done. You're always the one who needs to work when something needs to get done. But when you're a business owner, and this is something that I really drive home in the graphic design business kit, check it out in the description below. I think it would bring you huge value, is that I want to see you create a business that is Ready for long term sustainable growth and something that is organized and structured so you don't become overwhelmed and you become just a glorified task fire putter outer, so to speak. Um, so I really hope this has helped you today. Hit the like button if you found some value here. Go check out the Graphic Design Business Kit. Subscribe for more videos about freelance uh, tech and graphic design. And just, I'm really on this freelance kick right now though. So I hope you come back, stay connected, and I hope to continue to help you grow your skills and your reach in the graphic design industry. I'm Benji Kaiser of BenjiKaiser.com and I'll see you on the next video.